0: worship the Lord together, and he's our King of Kings.
1: In the darkness we were waiting really mm-hmm.
0: not for i am with you be not dismayed for i am your god i will strengthen you i will help you i will uphold you with my righteous right hand hallelujah his promises are true every single one the lord delivers the lord comes through he is our way maker Thank mm-hmm. you. is in the Bible, God, that we all struggle with that in some way or form, God. We recognize, Lord, that we want to put our trust in other things than you, God, with this virus, God. Lord, I pray that as you're stirring things in our hearts, Lord, that we will not be complacent, God, that we will not push you away but that we will listen to your voice, Lord. Thank you that your spirit is living and active. Thank you that your ways are life, your ways are reconciliation, God. And so Lord, I just pray that we'll have hearts that are humble before you, Lord, that we will have a desire to lift each other up, God, that we'll have a desire for unity, always keep your promises and one day you are coming back again Lord and we long for that day we celebrate the fact that we know our inheritance is imperishable in you and we trust that you rose from the grave and just as you rose Lord one day we're going to be with you. Hallelujah. What joy God. Thank you Lord. In Christ's name Amen.
2: Well, good morning, good morning. I hope I hope you guys are doing great. Good to see you all uh, on this Sunday morning. Uh, we're excited, this is Burlington Christian Church. Welcome family, friends, uh, church members, uh, anybody tuning in right now. We're uh, glad that you're with us and uh, pray that you're doing well. We are uh, moving through this uh, time in our history, in our lives, and we're calling it uh, The Great Comeback because that is what it is and i hope you're having a great comeback as we uh, move through the things that are happening uh with the covid and with the response and with things that are going on in the world right now and in our country there's a lot of bizarreness and a lot of craziness and i just hope that um, that all of us are just doing our best to hold it together keep our sanity in the midst of all the bizarreness And uh, we're just hanging in there, you know, and just um, making the most of the world and life as it unfolds. It just, is it unfolds. There's no guarantee as to what's gonna happen tomorrow. We just, as it unfolds, we're just gonna live in it, make the most of it. But most of all, we're gonna keep our eyes on God. You know, that's what we've got to do. We have got to keep our eyes on the Lord because He is the only one that's gonna keep us from losing it, you know? Stay close to the Lord and uh, you'll have a better chance of, of making it through. Okay, so we're going to dig right into the Word. We're going to try to keep this, you know, somewhat brief because we just want to just just dig into the Word and, and move on and, and apply it to our lives and go, you know. And um, so I'm excited. We are um, marching through the book of Philippians. We are <laughs> moving to the end. We're in chapter 4, and what is happening is Paul, the Apostle Paul, is building, like, these major blocks of truth into the life of the Philippians who live in another place. Remember Paul is in Rome and um, he's writing to them and he's trying to encourage them to hang on to important things of the faith and truth and, and things that matter most, you know, things that are most important to our hearts and to our soul and to our spirit and To us, And uh, so that's what we're discovering, some things. And he's got these major building blocks that he's building one after another. And we have arrived in chapter 4. And uh, we're going to look at these two verses, just two verses today. And I want to point out just two simple truths that we can hang on to in the midst of the storm of this world and of our lives and the craziness that's going on. So look what Paul says. He's going to point out these two big truths. Check it out. Verse 8, chapter 4, Paul says, finally. Okay, he's coming to the end of his letter. He's going to begin to wrap it up. We've got two truths today, and we got one more next week, and then we're done with Philippians, and we're going to move on. I didn't hit on all the great truths in Philippians, but but we will have reached 27 truths through the book of Philippians next Sunday, 27. That's that's a bunch of good nuggets of truth to, to, to build your life on and to bank on and to like hang on to. So, here we go. Paul says, finally, brothers and sisters, that's you, that's me, that's all of us, right? Man and woman, brothers and sisters. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I just want to say something about that last little statement there at the very end. He says, and the God of peace, and he is the God who is the God of all things, the universe. And God is able to calm the entire universe. God is able through his word, through his son, through his presence in our lives he is able to calm anything and he is able to calm you and bring peace peace of god not peace in the world necessarily because the world is a world of turmoil remember the devil has taken foothold he is in control for now of things on the planet he is the god of this age and so we don't expect in the world for there to be peace, the peace of God. But we as Christian people who are calling on the name of Jesus, who love the Lord, we can claim and hold on to it and expect to receive from God his peace through any storm. And that's what we're banking on, you and me. So in these two verses, Paul is going to unload all kinds of like details about, about focus, about a focus that he wants us to, to have and what Paul is interested in is two things really. One, our focus, our focus, and number two, our footwork. You know, our focus and our footwork. That's what Paul is concerned about for you and for me. It's almost as though Paul is reflecting on a saying that came around later on, hasn't even been there yet, but that monkey see, monkey do uh, saying that you and I have heard, monkey see, monkey do. For us today, uh, what. It's more about what you think will become what you do. That's what Paul is trying to say to us, is what you think, what you meditate on, what you put in your brain, you're going to begin to do in your life. You're going to begin to act that out. And so that's what he's going to touch on. Verse 8, Paul says, check it out. Verse 8, he says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, you think about These things, okay? Truth number 25 is this. Think on God things. Think on God things. That's what we should do, right? That's how we should live our lives. Just walk through life, and even though we see all the distractions, and we see the billboards, and we see all the things trying to call our attention, what God is trying to say to you and me today, what Paul is trying to say to the Philippians is this you make sure that the things you think on most you know you got to think about world things your job your family what you need to do and what i need to do most is think on god things let the god things feed everything else let the god thoughts be the source of fuel for everything else that you do think on god things Okay, things that are attached and connected to what we would call godliness. Paul says, think, think, think. So let's think about this word, think, for a minute. Right? To think, it has to do with our, what, our thought process, right? It, it's the mental part of our humanness, of our flesh, of our body. It's the reasoning, it's the thoughts, it's the ideas. It, you could say it's the hard drive of our lives, it's like the computer system of our lives. Years ago, IBM came up with this term G-I-G-O, right? GIGO. I think that's how it's said, GIGO or GIGO. However they said it. But it basically meant garbage in, garbage out, right? That's a term we've all heard. Garbage in, garbage out. What you what you put into the computer or you program into it is kind of what you're gonna get out of it. Same is true what Paul is trying to say in a biblical sense, about our minds, about the way we think. It's key in, in, in biblical, uh, in the books of the Bible, as we read through the scripture, that your computer, uh, is, your brain is like a computer. It, like, it takes in information. It processes information. It sorts out information. It files information. And then it kind of causes a response in our body because we've inputted information. And we're thinking on these things. In the Old Testament, we see uh, this kind of um, theme uh, about our thinking in our minds, and our heart, and what we put into ourselves. Let me share a few scriptures in the Old Testament. The prophets speak. Proverbs 23 says, For as as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. What you put into your heart, what you put into your life, boom, That's that's going to eventually become who you are, what you feed on, what you fuel yourself with. Proverbs uh, 3.5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. And so we understand that Scripture says that, that our humanness, even though we think, we feel, and we reason, not all of it can be trusted. We shouldn't rely on our humanness, understanding, and wisdom, and our thinking but we need to continually put in God-thinking and God-thought so that we continue to be more and more like God in our thinking. Isaiah said it like this, 26.3. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because, because he trusts in you. Because he trusts in you. And in the New Testament, we're urged in a number of places. 2 Corinthians 10.5, we demolish Paul says we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive, look what he says. Paul says we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. And so a lot of our thoughts are not in line with Christ. We we are to take captive those negative, wrong thoughts And make them obedient to Christ. In other words, to think like God thinks. In Romans 1, 28, says they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge or the thinking of God. So God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they do what ought not to be done. In other words, God said, fine, you want to think like worldly, fleshly, sinful, rebellious people. Go ahead. Have it your way if that's what you really want. But notice, notice, Paul says, people, people in general, people of the past, and even people of the present, do not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God. They don't want to think on the things of God. They just don't care. They're not concerned about those things. Colossians chapter 3 says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, In Romans 8, Paul says, Those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds where? On things of the Spirit. In other words, things that come from the throne of God. The mind is a powerful, powerful part of our body. It's the control, the control station of the entire body. It's almost like, like a ground traffic controller you know at the airport those 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 uh, control stations that are high above the airport that are controlling every thought that comes in making sure planes don't crash and making sure everybody's in line that's our mind it's like it's like it's fascinating it's complex it's created by God but it's it's so computer like and what you feed into it is going to kind of come out of Who you are it's powerful in that way well here Paul continues this uh this kind of thinking right in this passage and he identifies eight eight things that we are to set our mind on and and this is really practical for us these are things that are practical for you and for me as we think about setting our mind on the things of God these are eight things that are certainly the things of God. Look what he says. He says, whatever is true. The word, the Greek word is aletha, and it means to be honest. It means truth mainly from God because that's the source of real truth. There's a lot of other stuff and systems and thoughts and ideas of the world, but truth and true truth comes from the very throne of God, not from the world. He says, whatever is true, Think about these things. He says, number two, whatever is noble. The word is simna, 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 the Greek word. And it means honorable. It means uh, serious. It means dignified. It means whatever is noble, whatever is good, upstanding, whatever is like worthy, right? Well, think about these things. Third thing he says is whatever is right. And the word is uh, degea dikea, and it means equitable, Or innocent, or the word whatever is right, here he says, it means like holy, whatever is pure and right and true, whatever is right. It's that straight and narrow thinking, okay? Not diving into the curves of the world, but thinking that comes directly from God, that is right. And good for all human beings, for you and for me. The fourth thing he says, whatever is pure, the word is hegna, hegna in the Greek, and it means proper, whatever is proper, whatever is clean, whatever is modest or perfect. Those are the things that we're to think about, those things that are pure and modest and, and good like that. He says, number five, whatever is lovely, whatever is lovely, and the word is prosphilia. And it means pleasing, lovely. It's pleasing. It's it's beautiful. It's lovely. It's pleasing. It's acceptable. It's grateful. And it's friendly. That's what the word there means. He says, whatever is lovely. Then he says, whatever is admirable. Whatever is admirable. And the word is euphema. And it means reputable or well-spoken or well-reported. Whatever is admirable. That means like you speak... It's, it's spoken well of. Whatever is admirable, whatever things that are spoken well of by God, by godly people, those are the things you should think of. Those are the things we should think of. And then he says, number seven, if anything, if anything is excellent, the word is RT, and it means if anything is good or great or gracious or upright or proper, if anything is excellent, he says, think on these things. If anything is excellent or, he says, number eight, praiseworthy. If anything is praiseworthy, the, the word is a pianos, a pianos and it means commendable or approval. It means if anything is worthy of approval, praise, to be lifted up, to be looked upon, to be imitated. If anything is that way, excellent or praiseworthy. And then he says, think about such things. Let your mind wander and move on these things. And the word think, he says the word think about these things. That word think is the word loganist, and it means to reckon. To reckon or to count or to reason or to think upon, right? Think about such things. That's what Paul is trying to say we should focus on. Those are the things that we should meditate upon. Those are the things, these things of God that we're we're to to, um, let our minds be saturated with. Things that are true, things that are noble, things that are right, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are admirable, things that are excellent, things that are praiseworthy. Like if we just did that, and we began to cut out. Like if we went on a mental diet of just these kinds of things in our life, because there's lots of stuff in the world, and you could choose to put all kinds of stuff in your brain if you want. Like you, you have the will, the free will to do that. But it's not gonna be beneficial because the more, the more godly and the more impure things you keep putting in your head, it's just gonna result in a cloudy way of thinking you're going to have static when it comes to knowing what God wants. The more you just put in the things of God, the things that are these, true and noble and right and and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and pray, you put those things in and you take on a diet that keeps everything else out as much as you possibly can, and you're going to begin to think, and then you're going to be responding and acting more and more like Jesus. And how awesome is that? Like that should be our goal, right? It's to, to be more like Jesus. As they say, wrap your head around it. Like wrap your head around these things. That's what Paul is saying. And What Paul would add is that wrap your head around these things of God. Okay, think on these things. Then he goes on to say, number 26, he goes on to say in verse nine, he says, whatever you have learned, or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. That's a promise at the end, by the way. Paul says, number 26, follow my example. Now that's not an easy thing to say. I don't think I would even say that personally because I know I'm, I don't get things right. I'm not perfect. I don't live and think, especially in the thought process My thoughts aren't always, you know, great. I I wouldn't, I wouldn't boast or brag about what's going on in my head sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes we think things that we shouldn't think at all. Sometimes we say things we shouldn't say at all. Sometimes we behave in ways we shouldn't behave at all. And so for Paul to say, follow my example, that's a big deal. Paul has arrived at a place in his life where he can say, follow my example, like, that, that takes a lot of self-evaluating. It takes a lot of like self, uh, like, like an inward look at your heart, your motives to be able to say that I, I believe that I am, I am pure in my thinking, in my responding, in the way I treat people, the way I act. I mean, that a, covers a lot of territory. It's a scary thing to say. But Paul says, whatever you have, and then he gives, um, he gives, He gives four demonstrations of Christ in his life. Like four different ways that that we should like put these things into our life. Look what he says. He says, "Whatever, whatever you have like learned from me, whatever you have received from me, whatever you have heard from me, and he says, whatever you have seen in me. Now look at that. That's pretty crazy, right? Whatever you've learned, things I've said, whatever you have received, maybe things I've given you or things we have done together, an example, whatever you have heard, maybe in the witness of the testimony of things that I have done that you have heard about and whatever you have seen, whatever you have watched or witnessed me do. Paul says, whatever you've gotten from me in these different categories of of my testimony and my witness. It's it's as though Paul is able to say, my life, my life, Paul can introspectively say, my life is sold out to Christ in every way and you can follow my example because I am doing my very best to imitate Christ. North, south, east, west, however you slice me, Paul is saying, I bleed Christ. I think Christ. I live Christ. That's what Paul's saying in every aspect of who he is. I live it. There is no as I, do as I say, but not as I do in Paul, right? You've heard us people say that. Do as I say, not as I do. Parents say that to their kids. You, you do as I say, not as I do, right? It's a great way of saying I'm a hypocrite. I'm not even gonna do what I say, but I expect you to do what I say. See, that's not Paul. Paul is saying, look, what I say, I do, and what I do, I say, and that's it. There's no gray. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I am going to do what I say I do, and what I teach, I'm going to live. I'm gonna preach it, and teach it, and live it. That's what Paul is saying to us today. There is no do as I say, not as I do. He is, Paul is, check this out, Paul is completely surrendered Paul is intentionally focused. Paul is hardcore and to the very center and to the best of his ability, striving to be like Jesus. That's what Paul is trying to do. And then he says, what you gain from me, what you have seen, what you saw or what you watched or witnessed. He says, here's what you do with that. Put it into practice. Like, put it into practice. And that's an interesting thought, right? He's not talking about some some practice, some fake way of going through the motions like we think about practice. This is not some play or a musical or, or some reality show that you just act a certain way because the cameras are rolling. This is not about acting a certain part or taking on a certain role. Practice is not like we think of practice. When Paul says, put it into practice, we, his thinking of this that I'm going to share with you is different than our thinking of this. See, we think, we think of practice, like sports mostly, Of it's a, it's a warm-up of some kind. It's like a, it's, a game, it's a pre-game run-through, like we're just kind of warming up for the actual event. That's not what Paul's talking about, like put it into that kind of a practice. Like in the medical field, we use the word practice. My dad was a dentist. He's a dentist, and uh, when we lived in Hurdle in Buffalo, he had his his practice was right there at our house, so we could go through one door of our house and we were in his little office, his practice, his dental practice where he started off. And then he moved off, and he had another office somewhere else that was bigger, but it was always called his practice, and it always threw me off. And it should throw you off too, because I'm like, like you're practicing. Like, when are you ever going to become like a pro? Like that's the mentality we have of, of the idea of practice. And, and it messes you up because you think practice and you think uh, pre-game or, or warm up. But, but the practice of medicine or, or, or medical practice is where like all activity authorized by a physician or a surgeon is performed and it's all certified. It's all legit. It's real. It's, it's like actual. It's like actual medicine, doing actual medicine. They call it practicing. It is professional. It's as as good as it gets when you are practicing medicine. The word implies, the word practice, it it implies like learning or growing or like being a student of a specific area or job or work or career or ministry. You're practicing it's like you're in practice Paul says put this into practice but when Paul says put these things into practice here's what Paul is saying he's saying this Greek word prasete and it means to perform it means to do it means to accomplish the Cambridge uh, Bible commentary says To develop a holy habit. To practice is to have a holy habit in your life of being like God, being like Christ, being like Jesus. And James, James chapter 1, 22 said it like this, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. See, it's not a matter of knowing it, hearing it, being able to recite it, Paul, uh, James says, and Paul says, do what it says, put it into practice, put it into the doing of your life. Paul is talking about our lives, imitating his life which is imitating Christ's life. It's the same thing that he would say, like in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, when he said, follow my example as I follow the example of Jesus Christ. And when he said in 1 Corinthians 4, therefore I urge you to imitate me. Why? Because Paul knows deep within his heart he is doing his best to imitate Jesus. And in Philippians 3, earlier in the same letter, the chapter prior, he says, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Isn't that awesome? Like, that brings you and me right into the conversation, like right now. He says, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. See, we are to live as Paul lived. We are to live just as Christ lived. We are to live our lives in such a way that we should be able to look at the people around us. None of us probably would do this because one, we're humble, and two, we know we mess up way too much. But we should be able to. Look at people around and say, hey, follow me as I'm doing my best to follow Jesus. We should be able to do that. We should live our lives in such a way that that is what we want to be able to do. We want to be able to point people to Christ. That at no time in my life, in any moment in my day, that people could look at me and say, you are not living like Christ. That should never happen. Not if I'm following Jesus, like I should be, right? And Paul is able to say, hey, Follow me as I follow Christ. We are to live just as Christ lived. So that our lives, so that our lives, our lives can be truly a testimony of his goodness and his grace in our life. That our living, that our living would be a living witness of who he is, the character and the qualities of God, that the things that flow from the mind of God would flow into my mind because I am intentionally allowing those things to be a part of who I am and how I think. And Paul says, be that living witness for Jesus in the world, a testimony of his grace. Begin that by first thinking on God things you got to think on God things. If you don't think on God things, then you will never act like God. Begin there. Make a commitment today to say, I'm going to begin to put the things of God into my life, and I'm going to have a diet and keep the things that are not of God out of my life. I'm just going to turn it off. I'm just going to flip the channel. I'm just going to not listen to it. And be intentional. Like, be committed. More committed than you are to anything on this earth. And the second thing he says to us today is, Follow my example. Follow me as I follow Jesus. Father, we love you so much, and we pray, God, that we would put these things that Paul has shared with us into practice. God, help us do that. Help us to to follow the example of Paul. Help us to be an example that others can follow because we are striving our very best to, to be like Jesus. And help us, Father, to put into our mind the things of God, things that are good and right and pure and holy and noble, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. God, we love you. Thank you for giving us your truth that we could allow to penetrate our hearts and our minds in a crazy, crazy dark world. Thank you for the light and the truth that comes from above. We love you. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be safe. God bless you. Have a great week. And if you need to talk about anything about Jesus, giving your life to Christ, what it means to repent or to be immersed into Jesus, please look me up. Love to help. God bless you.